Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and I'm delighted to be joined by Dean Van Nguyen for this kind of look back at Irish rap music of the past decade from 2010 to 2020 because Dean, I don't know about you, but I feel like the rise of Irish rap music has been one of the big themes of music this decade. I think like folk music and trad music has had a similar kind of rise, but like you've been kind of charting rap music and hip-hop music in Ireland I, I presume that you would think now that like it is kind of the dominant genre of the most exciting stuff that's happening at the moment in Ireland yeah I think so and hello and th- thanks for having me on uh, and thank you for responding to my tweet asking to be on the podcast to discuss uh, crunk and B music but uh, we'll get to that later <laughs> but yeah I, I, you know coming up with narratives uh, uh, for the end of the decade, which we, we as music journalists tend to do and uh, all cor- any kind of critic tends to do, uh, I think it's just undeniable that the development and of Irish rap music uh, has been one of the real key things to have occurred. So, like, when did you start writing about rap music and when did you kind of come to think of, like, Irish rap music as something that was, like, like, I think that you wrote something for Pitchfork about um, kind of the African musicians who are legitimizing uh, Irish rap or Irish hip hop. I think that was a headline that was put on it. I don't know if you if if you would think that rap music did need to be legitimized and it and it did become legitimized at some stage this decade. Yeah, I mean, I didn't write the headline, um, but I think it was undeniable that around the the middle of the decade um i I think sometimes we have we can be afraid to say things are better now than they were as as a way of of um disrespecting the the people who came before but i i I think it is undeniable to say that it's rap music has become better now than it's ever been in ireland and i think it was it was very tangibly obvious that there was something happening i think around the middle of the decade um but that particular article you're talking about, it wasn't necessarily about Irish rap inventiveness at the time. It was about kids of, of African migrants or kids who had come to Ireland very, very young telling their stories through rap music, um, which was something that obviously added a lot to the genre. Uh, so it was as a kind of a, a side narrative to to what was happening, um, that, w- that was what that particular piece was about. And and do you think that that is one of the things that's like um, that's been integral to this kind of rise of rap music? It's just this uh, influx of like great people bring their own kind of um, their their own history, I suppose, to the music, and like that's the most uh, exciting thing when music fuses together. I think, and it fuses like one style with another style. I do think it's important, yeah, because one of my interests is is um, migration, migrant rights. Um, my, own, my own father was a refugee, so uh, he's from Vietnam, so it was just something naturally interesting to me. Uh, but I think, oh, as Ireland has, you know, developed into a more multicultural society, uh, as a lot of kids of immigrants have, have come of age, um, where it's the where it's it's the Irish media is quite slow to tell these stories, so it's very difficult. You don't there's, there's some books, there's not very many. I, I don't think has there ever been a kind of a TV. Sh- no, there's very few anyway of TV shows, movies that kind of cover this kind of stuff. And I think the reason for that is well, they're expensive and also they are guarded by old school traditional gatekeepers. So it's very very hard to get the the commissioning editor of RTE to commission you know a tv series on this stuff it's hard to get a book published um on on some of these stories but what some of these kids were able to do was put a lot of their experiences and their ideas and and their feelings into rap songs and post them to soundcloud and like a really really good rap song not just a rap song but a really good song pop song in general i think can cram as much sentiment into a verse as you know a, a, a novel um, so that was that's definitely been one of the defining characteristics of of the genre um and the irish genre which and of course well it's it's not it's not to say that that has been the one singular singular defining genre i think it's been one of the wonderful things about it is like the cultural exchange and some of the some of the guys some of the guys who's traced can't trace their ancestry any further back than this island who have, who have been around since before this decade have been right there um alongside them and uh, which is wonderful to see 
Great. Um, so what we're going to do uh, over the course of uh, this conversation is kind of maybe not tell the story of Irish rap music uh, through 10 artists or, or, or so, but maybe just discuss some of these artists who uh, are kind of um, associated with the rise of Irish music, Irish uh, rap and hip hop. Um, maybe we'll start with Reggie Snow, who uh, is someone who doesn't really sing in an Irish accent, but and he's kind of had a long gestating career uh, over the decade. He started out um, with a couple of songs as Lex Luthor and it, it kind of got to the point where I didn't know whether to take him seriously or not. Uh, charm a little rap with flows wider than Casper Vividly slain villains while diddly picking Flanders Picking the answers, 20 or 10 chances Green monster mosh, pick green didn't see cactus I break races, break races to facelifts Dirty is the track, 69 on my playlist The black racist, ha, Hitler to Satan Oops, I mean the spotty, those fella is half Asian Caucasian, swapped Ray Charles for Ravens <laughs> Give me a mic and a crowd full of babies. I re-dance back to swapping A grades for goat cheese. Who let the handsome villain boogie on his bare knees? His rhymes and the wax created sex and adultery. Give me the loot for the beef stew with a baked bread. His rhymes so articulate, snacking nuns and seven heads. He often tells tales of the old Negro spiritual. Half African brother, his IQ's lethal. I wrote this rap with a broken figure and severed limb Arm and a dagger, the duffel bag is a loosely ten Give me the shoddy, I'm slaying rappers with bad Pilates Coughing up that crack, I call it a John Gotti Insiding a riot, a mask, your fucking slave shit Got these cream crackers nodding and saying the greatest Oh, stop it before I pop it and lock it Redevelop philosophies, greater to flop poppins A little casual, a showboat or a ladies man Always kept the charm at last place for the pizza man He who dares stare in the past out the past to bake Even though the rotten apple dirtier than loser's place Get me a rapper that's sick in the bright raw flesh I'll wax off his tattoos and leave a hell on his chest Give him a chicken noodle, wet willy or beating brutal Leave him like Gandhi with a bald head screaming Luther Catfish, Tomcat and Popovich Always kept the piece of paper hidden in his manuscript and then he came out with dear annie in 2018 which is a great album but it's almost like it's probably the most american sound on the list i think is it yeah okay so yeah um well you've asked me to do so you asked he you asked me to do a list of 10 and i've got i think 12 or 13 scroll down here um, you, you could probably so do like 20 or 30 we're, we're, yeah we're gonna keep it quite loose because this these aren't people even i've left off some of my own personal favorites um if we're doing it i suppose we're gonna do this chronologically um we have to say at the start uh i think people like melodica death ship who i don't even know if they're still active but i saw those guys um support a bunch of rappers in the early in the early um, parts of the decade, and at the time, there wasn't the the same support network. There wasn't the same uh, cultural cachet for what they were doing. So I think it's important to like acknowledge some of these guys. Uh, we're going to talk about Mango later, who was I think who was around before Reggie Snow. But definitely, it was definitely uh, the song "Diagwith" by Reg uh, by Lex Luthor at the time. I thought was definitely a a significant point. Uh, it was a real it was a real moment when I think people stood up and, and kind of thought like, like, wow, it, he, I mean, this, this guy was, he was, how old was he? He means him in 16, 17 maybe. And he was rapping like Earl Sweatshirt. He was rapping like doom. Um, you know, he's putting his syllables together in just these incredible ways. Um, the video was amazing. He's there in the 1990 Liverpool Jersey. I don't know where it wasn't shot in Dublin next year. I think it might have been shot somewhere in the UK. Um, so it was just such a complete package and around the time of when music blogs as well were at their absolute height um it got a lot of pretty good traction just to kind of comment on his artistry there yeah i i i really dislike anyone who kind of criticizes an irish artist for not rapping in a particular accent um because I think you know you you should you're free to use your voice in any in any, any which way you want i don't think it it makes it more or less admirable to to do something in a certain voice um you know i've met reggie snow a bunch of times he, he speaks in a dublin accent he has a mild uh, dublin accent i think when he raps slowly and and on some of his more jazzy stuff i think it comes through um so yeah i I'm, and, and as you say i he i think he, dear annie was actually a pretty underrated album in the end um it was it was interesting to me that he did a he did a kind of concept album about love which sounds really really tired and try 
and still managed to make it really work. Like he found he found original things to say about love, which was kind of crazy. Do you think it's a confident album? Like it seems like uh, it, there's a real like vision that he had with the album that uh, really comes through. But I also feel like uh, he, he's almost like barely in the album. You know, he's, he doesn't he seems to kind of take a step back to a lot of the vocalists who are, who are guesting on the album. Well, what, one thing I do like about it is he, because we, we, sometimes what we see about artists now, um, particularly in rap, is sometimes that they can be around for so long without releasing an album that the debut album doesn't actually. Ad- ideally, I think your debut album should be a snapshot, right, of your the beginning, your your kind of beginning. Maybe not your very beginning, but you know, it's your first full length um, display of your artistry. But by the time he'd gotten to this album, he'd been through all sorts of stuff. He mean, he started off in that kind of you know, really East Coast, boom, bappy sort of style. And then he, on um, some of his EP stuff, like he did this real Hush style. And then he was doing these trap rap songs with Future and all this kind of stuff. What I liked about the album is it actually kind of came back to what he started off with, which was those kind of real, you know, jazzy, um, musical East Coast sentiments. Um so it was it, it really kind of felt like uh, a culmination i mean he had some really really good singles uh, that he left off that album because probably because they just didn't fit yeah i think the album was actually pretty underrated <laughs> um do you know what he's up to at the moment i haven't heard from him at all this year no um i guess he's he's doing an, a traditional taking a break between album cycles which doesn't happen very often anymore when when you mention kind of the the genre hopping that um reggie snow does i feel like mango has done that on his new album with Mathman, uh, Casual Work, which is probably the latest album that we're going to be discussing uh, here. That came out in November, and it's done really, really well. Like the, critically, uh, it's been quite acclaimed, and it like he already seemed to have um, quite a good audience as well. And he's someone who, as he said at the start, has been around for a long time. He was in the Animators with uh, Mathman before they kind of disbanded in twenty thirteen or twenty. 14 and he's come back with this album which i mean would you class it as like a rap album because it seems to almost go through house as much as and dance music as much as it as it goes through rap and i think that's again like the the way that genre almost doesn't exist almost now as as an idea i think Smoke to my lip, middle of the night, memory lane trim. In and out of trouble as a youth, hustling for loot for some bubbles in my shoes. The little things really pop a tail like a pop a wheelie. Rights and wrongs that I fully knew when I would ask myself what I'm doing. Are these my friends? Will this ever end? And how long can I pretend that I don't mind all of this violence? All that pain caught in these eyes, caught in the game with all of these lies. Could you not realize the love life follows all of these highs? Secrets I was keeping my head. I could only speak to my ex. God knows that I need a new stat. When no wild horse can keep us apart. I must face this life on my own. My life is not what you see on your phone. How can I ever feel at home when no one I know has a home that they own? But all these drugs I did to forget. I still can't shake all this regret. This music is all that got left. Guess this life is all that I guess so. Oh yeah, I mean that's definitely a rap album because he's such a, he's such a brilliant rapper. I mean that guy was born to rap. Uh, his his voice is is just such a naturally brilliant instrument, uh, and I think he's just over the years he's just refined it and gotten better and better. He's his writing and everything and the way he uses his voice is just wonderful. But I suppose yeah, it is it is nice. To, <laughs> it's I suppose it's it, it's kind of nice to put the button on on the decades. I say a guy who's been around for the whole decade. Um, has you know finally belated, belatedly releasing his first album, his first debut, or his first solo album. Well, his first solo album with Mathman. Uh, but the great thing I think with, with Mango is is that always people always have to acknowledge that if you ask any rapper in Dublin uh, about Mango, they have nothing but great great things to say about him. Um, I think he's only in like his late twenties, but he's real been a real father to the scene. Like no one has done more for 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 Dublin rap than him. Not just the fact that he's a really really great artist. In himself, but um, I mean, I really like the album. I I I, I compared it to Wiki's No Mountain from Manhattan or um, YG's Still Brazy in terms of, like those were albums that were very distinctly New York and, and LA. Um, while 
modern depictions by without you know being able to capture those two cities without well accepting or you know working in traditional regional sounds and and colloquialisms and all that but really really capturing their city in the modern days like this i think this album is like this is like such a dublin album but the way the way it depicts some of the problems we have in the city but um i i love the way you know musically he's he, he's bringing in sounds that you know wouldn't naturally associate with dublin and making them dublin centric i mean there's some songs i have to look at the track list but there's some songs on there that reminded me of 2000s uk garage stuff um like the real like the those the tower block pirate radio stations of kind of like 2000 2001 which i i re- i used to really really love um i used to spend summers in london around that time so like just to bring kind of bring those sounds and then put them in a dublin outline um, and then we'll couple with the writing um you know, I acknowledge Math Man made the beat, so and then coupled with with Mango's writing, it's just it's just wonderful. Do you think um, that Irish rappers are becoming more influenced by each other and like uh, hearing other rap? Or do you think it is always those outside sounds that are kind of going to be referenced, like the American hip hop and the the British rap scene? Like even we, we might talk about the drill scene later in Ireland, but even that seems like uh, I mean that grew out of London in the past like two years. Yeah, it's interesting because I think this idea that the, like, the idea of the regional sound was going to disappear because of the internet uh, hasn't actually come to pass as much as I thought. Like we're talking about the decade, like the start of the decade, probably you know, the biggest thing to happen in rap at the start of the decade was Odd Future, who were LA kids um, who made music that didn't really acknowledge their their regional forefathers at all i mean it's it's kind of music that like sounded like it came from the internet like they they had songs that sounded like tumblr posts and i think for like tyler's biggest uh, and that's not disparaging i mean they're like i i loved a lot of that stuff but like you know tyler's biggest um influence i think was pharrell uh so he not not dre or whoever but more so now i think we're starting to see that actually regional sounds are still maintaining um in terms of like the Dublin sound, I think it's it's something that naturally, even if you if you if you go back and think about like the South, this in, in the US, like that started off those guys, those, the first Southern rappers were copying um, Run DMC right down to the hats and the chains and everything. Um, it was only then when a, a kind of a, a, their own regional sound emerged from those origins. I think we're kind of seeing that with 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 Dublin as well. We're, you know, we're we're we're, we're kind of establishing our own style while 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 obviously taking taking bits from wh- wh- what we see so you think it's still very much kind of a nascent scene it's still very much at its um in the, in the early stages of its its development actually no I, not really because i actually don't talk too much more these days about a, a an irish rap music i think that that those pieces have been written i've done a few pieces about grouping um the irish scene together i think now what's what's exciting to me is that when we were doing that four or five years ago we were saying okay well look we've got a handful or you know we've got a dozen or so really great artists here who are who are coming through what's exciting to me now is to think about those artists um and the work that they're doing um i i i, I say which we can pick off another opportunity to pick off another one of our list here but jafari's um you know, he. I remember him coming through and him saying like, "I only started in music six six months ago." I was like, "Really?" And he's, he's this year he put out an album which is like really really great. But it's a great it's a great piece of work on its own. It it doesn't. You know, I don't feel the need anymore to say, "Well, here's here's someone who's emblematic of 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 this Dublin rap scene." You know, I, it's more interesting to me now. I think to to as a as a critic to take take the work on its own merits. That Stride album, uh, it's brilliant. And um, I was reading your interview that you did with him uh, earlier in 2019. And I was surprised at how kind of God-centric it was. It didn't quite jump out at me at first, but then I go back and listen to the lyrics afterwards. I'm like, oh, that that should have jumped out at me. But it is just kind of like um, this thing that kind of comes through. They're kind of rapping about whatever they want now. It's it's not like they're rapping about anything, you know, like it's it's not the old tropes that they're doing, but like they're happy to just do whatever they want now. Yeah, and, and you know, rapping about r- religion in modern Ireland is is, is interesting to me. Um, it's place uh, it, to to a young person like Jafaris. I'm not religious myself, but I'm I'm always interested in music that that 
where where an artist can kind of define the place of religion in their lives. I mean, that's 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 something that's been prevalent in rap for as long as like you know, as, as goes back further than Tupac rapping about Hail Mary. You know. Well, will we take a quick deviation and I'll ask you about Kanye West? How you feel about his uh, latest album? Which is um, like the most evangelical rap album that we've had in a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it two stars in The Guardian. And usually when you give a, a really big album a bad review, you can expect so many people <laughs> to be attacking you. But I got very little uh, abuse over it, which maybe indicates it wasn't really good. No, um, I think I said in that um, r- religion has always been in Kanye's music. You know, he, right back to Jesus Walks, obviously, touched the sky, these tunes. But uh, it was around... The, the Life of Pablo album, which I actually really loved, that he actually started to refer to his music as literally gospel music. Um, and then when that album came out, it was kind of, okay, so you're just gest- you're gesturing towards religion the other time, but it's not really, right, not really. This one is kind of feels like a real gospel album. Um, but I think just my issue with it is just, it's well, firstly, it, it feels, it's I, I, a bunch of problems with it. Like it feels half-made and half-baked and, and all that kind of stuff. But I just... If I, I'm, in, I'm interested in kind of religion in your life, but it, 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 it just felt very hollow to me, um, very kind of lacking in humanity, which I had, a, which is kind of a problem I had with uh, Chance the Rapper's covering book. Um, you know, I think like like for me, something interesting would be when Kendrick Lamar raps about religion and its place in the the new movement or the, the modern day black liberation movement and 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 all that kind of thing and, and songs like all right like that's very interesting to me but if you kind of present as as being a hundred percent happy in your existence and the reason is God maybe it's just because that's just something that's never going to register at me but I just find it quite boring and and a bit trite you know so I kind of found that with this album but I think the most the, the the saddest thing for me is with with Kanye West is that he was he had one of the most the greatest runs I think I mean if you consider his peak starts maybe around the time he produces the blueprint for Jay Z in two thousand one and he went on like a brilliant run all his albums were really really good um, right through to, I think to Pablo then last year he does the Wyoming session stuff and I really ha- I really didn't like the album Yay but there's enough good stuff out that came out of those Wyoming sessions. Like I really like Kids See Ghosts. I really like the Pusha T album. Um, to, you're kind of thinking, okay, so this is spotty, but maybe he still got it. Uh, now this album, coupled with some of those dodgy er, works, it kind of feels like maybe his 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 peak is over. Um, which oh, it's always going to happen, but it's sad to see. Would you be worried about where he's heading? Just like in terms of the message that he has, it seems like this music. Like I've I've, I've tried to avoid a lot of the the conversation about it but it does seem kind of like it's aimed at a completely different audience than he had previously aimed his music at i think um i mean he's always been an artist who makes i think music for it's on his own message um like this seems aimed at like white evangelicals <laughs> um well when you see the response and how they they they, they they're now parading kanye as 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 as, as one of their your go-to stars uh donald trump jr is his biggest champion yeah, there like. yeah, yeah um i don't know i i i i don't think th- i don't think there was an element of like playing towards a crowd with the record i don't know i i, I look I, I try not to i try to take the, the, the work as itself um because of the size of kanye's celebrity there's there's people who will try to write narratives around it um i mean there's an you can, you can take some things you know i mean like i know uh, the, when when you know an artist like kanye's had certain mental health problems and if he puts out a song about mental health um it's it's impossible to ignore the real life from the art but I, yeah i try not to read too much into into these things like i don't i i, I didn't write the review when i wrote the review of the album i wrote it about the album i didn't i didn't try to review kanye's current place in the cultural ether you know Turn the lights on, live a light stone for the life that he lives. So you gotta turn the lights on, live a light stone for the life that she lives. So you gotta turn the lights on, live a light stone for the life that he lives. So you gotta turn the lights on, live a light stone for the life that he lives. So you got
lights on, leave the lights on for the light that she lit. So you gotta turn the lights on, leave the lights on for the light that they live. So you gotta turn the lights on, let it shine on the light that you live. I landed an island in 2001 But the same time that Drake dropped 2001 13 years later the album's done With Zangano presents non-national with the attitude volume 1 I'm disrespectful, I spit on beats I got my voice back, I'm D-O-C, I'm G-O-D-K N-O-W-F, but my players look at me like I'm dead OG I stick to myself, no BBC Used to play my rhythms on PS2 Before I got played on BBC Where would I be without JME? Without knowing it, help me see That I couldn't be anything else but me Half Yoruba, half Igbo Lyrics like that freak my soul Thought I had to be American Thought I had to be English Everything else but Irish Before it's a black boy from gaming school Surrounded by white like my Irish I just wanted to be Harlem I just wanted to be London I just wanted to be Trenchtown now it's time to be shining. Now it's time to be lyric. Get used to my surroundings. Where would lyric be without Yama? Gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that he leaves. So you gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that she leaves. So you gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that they leave. So you gotta turn the lights on, let it shine on the life that you leave. So you gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that he leaves. So you gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that she leaves. So you gotta turn the lights on, live the lights on for the life that they leave. So you gotta turn the lights on, let it shine on the life that you leave. Uh, getting back to the Irish scene, um, Russ and Gano family released uh, the, an album that won the Choice Prize, Let the Dead Bury the Dead. That I don't know if that made people sit up and take more notice of it, but it did feel like a really big moment that um, there was only one uh, Irish album or one rap album that had been nominated for the Choice Prize before. I think I think I'm right in saying that Messiah J and the Expert back in like 2007 or 2008, I think, which was a brilliant album, brilliant hip hop album. Um, but this one finally won and it felt like the obvious choice to win as well. And I guess that they're an act to kind of have God in their lyrics as well. So they're a three piece from Limerick. Um, I don't know how many of the bands that you or how many of the acts that you have on the list are kind of maybe based in Dublin. But Russ and Gann family have been going for ages and the Limerick scene seems really thriving I think they're kind of based between Claire and Limerick they're a three piece my name is John is a producer and then Merley and God knows are the two rappers and they did a couple of EPs under their own name before releasing uh, this debut album in 2015 I think it is and uh, like was that one that made you kind of sit up and take notice did you think that like oh this is this is instantly like a, a great album like one of the one of the greats of the decade well, yeah, well, I, I knew of them um, because they, uh, as Ruth Sangana family before Merley joined, they had an album, um, which I, I wrote about uh, a few at the time, I think. So, which was really, really good. And God knows was obviously just um, a very original rapper and thinker. Um, and at the, I mean, there, there were some beats on there that sounded quite, quite doom-like as well, which I liked. Certainly... With this album, I think that everything about it was leveled up. The story of the record, or the the, the messages put out, and like to, to kind of mix the, the personalized and to give that kind of snapshot of modern day Ireland, I think, which is really really important, and probably the best full length example of that. Competing now, maybe with Mango, which is which who takes a, a different um, uh, who snaps Ireland from a different angle. I don't know. Was 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 the choice thing a a a a, a, a a kind of a big moment yeah possibly but i still don't know how many i mean bruce and family you wouldn't call them certainly they're not mainstream yet you know they're not they're they're not going to go on the the rock wall of fame <laughs> it's just that's that's near us at the moment uh yet so i think it was yeah it was a fantastic moment for for obviously people who who follow indie music um but yeah, I wouldn't say it was. Necessary. I didn't. I don't think it legitimized or 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 you know necessarily. We I don't think we needed that kind of gong to tell people that like, hey, there's some brilliant Irish rap music at the time. But it's. It's. I think. I think just. It's a great. I think it's a great price. So just to win it, I think is cool. Um, for them, and just like I think for it's cool for everybody to have won it. Um, so I mean, I was delighted about it because. I I having yeah having been involved in 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 one of those choice music prize judging panels I I would suggest that that year was probably the most surefire winner <laughs> it was head and shoulders above everything everybody else and that's just because it was the best album because it just felt like the most important you know and I think sometimes you need to sometimes the album that kind of taps into the zeitgeist a little bit needs to be acknowledged. 
I really like what they're doing now, Merle and God knows. Merle is also doing production um, work too and he's doing some really, really interesting stuff. I believe by the time this comes out he will have a new mixtape, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and just the way God knows is casting on loads of people's uh, records. I interviewed him uh, early enough in 2019 and I just loved his energy and I think that everybody who meets him loves his energy as well. Yeah, God knows. He's like the Irish ludicrous on all these guest spots, but he's he's so fantastic because he's just, he has that that uh style like ludicrous is like that i mean like ludicrous must be one of the greatest guest spot artists of all time because every time he came into a song it was like incredible like all those missy songs he did and all this kind of stuff but every time god knows comes onto a song you're like you really like sit up sharply it's like because he's just he's so distinct um and he's worked he works so well and that kind of like bursts on someone else's project you know um like i first heard of nilo when uh he released that collaboration with uh god knows and nilo's another act who's on uh the list and he seems like an interesting act just in terms of like he came from a punk band or a metal band and he's moved into this into this kind of i don't know hip-hop rap persona or I don't know quite how to how to put it. What what do you think of uh, Nilo? Is he kind of like a signal of a more jazzier kind of side of where, where things are going? Some days I want to put this city on the map. Some days I want to put it in my rear view. There's mornings I feel fear when the rent's due. But I always feel such pride for what my friends do. And I got so much love to spread to others. And sometimes there's not much left to give my woman. I sell my family short but I'm strong in public. And I die for you if you're from Dublin. My opinion doesn't have to be gospel. But every young person's only three poor decisions away from a hostel. They'll sell your family short and they'll starve you in public. Would you die for me if you're from Dublin? I got an angel on my shoulder. The devil sent a postcard. I was searching for meaning in the middle of a snowstorm. I was listening to seasons in the abyss before the concert. Maybe looking for reasons to exist among the monsters. I got an angel on my shoulder. Devil sent a postcard. I was searching for meaning in the middle of a snowstorm. I was listening to seasons in the abyss before the concert. Maybe looking for reasons to exist among the monsters. Yeah, because I think he's really, really smart. Um, his his voice is really uh, distinct. He's like he's got that kind of like real thick, heavy flow, and it it just works really, really well when he when he just kind of like. He does. He raps kind of slowly and over these kind of sort of stone instrumentals. It's just smart. It's just smart musical instinct on his on his part. And also, um, he's uh, his, he has a kind of a lot of his his instrumentals come from a band um, which feature. I can't remember the name of the band at the moment, but they feature the artist uh, uh, Yuli, who's a trumpet player, and he he does some great uh, his own um, kind of neo soul stuff. But those guys are are producing just like these incredible tracks for him and i think yeah it's pretty exciting and another act that's associated with um russ and gano family is denise child who actually guests on uh that album uh let the dead bury the dead that won the choice prize and she everybody kind of knew her as like the spoken word poet and there was a lot of whispers about her like doing her own thing and she finally released a couple of tracks at the start of 2019 copper bullet and dual citizenship that were great and then she was also on the sim Sima, uh soundtrack ep which i think is one of the best eps of the year she was doing the the um man like me track on that and i think i think she's brilliant i love her her confidence her flow her look um she's just another one of these artists who just seems like uh She's finally kind of figured it out and kind of like is, is ready to, to go for it now. Man like me, man like me. You ain't never seen a man like me. Big girl team, make a little man cry. Chewy man like gum when he's got no teeth. Said man like me, man like me. You ain't never seen a man like me. Big girl team, make a little man cry. Chewy man like gum when he's got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All bark, no bite. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All bark, no bite. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All bark, no bite, you ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. They a man chat saying that I gotta stay in the kitchen but can't step up to the plate. That's what it takes to eradicate your masculinity. You didn't have much anyway. Gonna crawl to my goals if you're shooting for my kneecaps. Dreams got me covered like a kneecap. Got my own lane and I'm sticking around like a prefab. Trust me, fam. Them man dead. Give life to the garbage excuse, man. I trash by its bed. Bear compost when bear man post. I know sexism, sexism don't know you I know classism, classism don't know you I know racism, racism don't know you They 
Speak up for the girl them in here They never tear another girl down in here If they don't put some respect on your name You have the right to go mad in here Big up for the man them in here Eyes wide open or wearing here Even with the waistband cloud in the air There's too many man on my team to get like me Man like me You ain't never seen a man like me Big girl ting make a little man cry to a man like gum when he's got no teeth Said man like me, man like me You ain't never seen a man like me yeah, I love her writing. Um, I think she, when she put out those couple of tracks, which was a bit of a, a real announcement, um, I'm right in remembering one was like a real spoken word kind of song and one was a, a more Arab traditional kind of rap song. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like the spoken word song. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, but I, don't know, I, I, I think that, that one tended to be the more... Um, got more attention uh, because I think the writing was was so impactful but I also really really loved the rap song <laughs> um, yeah, I, I found that sometimes I think we can be fooled into thinking that uh, some, something like a spoken word song is, is deeper than, than a rap song but I, I found them both just as impactful. Do you think spoken word um, artists do have more of a place in rap and hip-hop like I don't think someone like Sinead O'Brien is um, like you, you wouldn't call her a rapper but it's it's certainly something along similar lines that she's doing mm, yeah i mean like you know a spoken word art i don't yes yeah, sp- rap isn't always not all poets are rappers as well <laughs> i think sometimes we uh if, uh, poets and uh, spoken word artists who you know use a certain vernacular um or maybe present in a certain way are often like compared to hip-hop or 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 dubbed hip-hop which is not accurate so i mean i think yeah they're obviously they're closely aligned um all the way which is why some a lot of people will uh, credit gil scott heron for for his influence on 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 early rap um they're close they're close but they're not they're not the same <laughs> I would say, but of that, yeah, but of course, it's coming totally natural for for a rapper to do a spoken word song for every now and then. I think Mango's album actually opens with a with a spoken word oh, song, yeah. I believe. Um, but uh, no, um, these Kayla is someone who who does both just as well. Um, another act who kind of opened with a spoken word piece was Kojak, who uh, I thought was going to win the choice prize. I think it was the year that you were judging it last year. Yeah, wasn't last it? year, yeah. Uh, I thought he was going to win with uh, Delhi Daydreams. I think that first track is such an announcement. And he and the Softboy Records guys seem like, I don't know, I, th- I think they're so exciting, everything that they're doing. And they have like a nice scene brewing. And also, I like that Kojak in particular seems to have this real big ambition of like, Okay, I did Ireland in 2018, and 2019 seems to be the year that he's going international. He sported slow tie on his tour in the uh, UK and I think in Europe as well, and he would be one that I, I think the sky is the limit for him. What What are your feelings about Kojak? Were, were you surprised that it didn't win the choice? Did you go in thinking into the judging room thinking that Delhi Daydreams was going to win? Uh, no, I thought I had a chance. I, I don't know. Without getting too too specific about the judging process, I'm not quite sure where I'm, how far I'm allowed to talk about that. It was certainly uh, one of the ones that uh, that had a, a chance. Um, but when we did the, it wasn't. But when we did the final vote, it wasn't a. It wasn't like it was a. We had to keep it a secret or everything or anything. But I, I wasn't. I didn't. Speci- I didn't just look and, and try and count up the maths. But there was. One, it was one of the albums that looked like it had a chance. Basically, there was three albums that looked like it had a chance, and Kojak was one of them. But I think I, I, I'm fine with him not winning. I like I, th- I think Kojak will make a better album someday, a, a, a you know a bigger statement. Daddy Daydreams is really really good. I love I love Green. I actually love Green Diesel, <laughs> the new one, um, which I think it's 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 a it's a great other side to him. Uh, Daddy Daydreams is obviously a, a very is a real snapshot into into Dublin life. And then now with something like Green Diesel, which is just it reminds me a bit a little bit of kind of the stuff Bad Boy Records used to put out. It's they're just, you know, these kind of just swaggering tra- tracks where the guys are just, you know, they're rapping about girls and having a good time. And I say I think we can be fooled in thinking maybe that's the stuff isn't as important as when he was rapping about about, you know, the life of a deli worker. But I, I, I found it just as impactful. But I, I say like, cause, you know, Deli Daydreams was great, but very lean. So I've, I've no doubt that that. Kojak will will make a probably make a, a better album someday and uh, and he'll, he'll maybe he'll, he'll win next time. What else is going to-
Shout out to Oprah. Open your noses and everybody gets a piece. Your local hero with no De Niro. Just got the yayo, got paid at midnight. It saw me like. Synthesize a smacking heart inside the system with your sister Ragging lines up with a badge that says assistant Trying to crank the volume but I must have hit conditioning Cause I blew a half a gram up in the cockpit like a blizzard What's the bets I'll sneak a nagging in my boxers Bribe the bouncer with a bump of charity bound to be obnoxious I'm the model citizen you want your children's feet to follow Till I'm on it And I split the bag with Susan from the office Half baked, half cut, half weight, a full fucked Half day booked a week in advance A good look, swiping left until I find somebody fixing a fuck Smoke about to be evicted, need a gap for my stuff Locked out Thought I hit the key beneath the mat on the phone to my ex yelling, text me back, this taxi man inside the Lexus, take me there on tick. Cause I said I saw the blow and now I square on that. Fuck me like you hate me, oh baby, that's a hook. Love me like you made me as a lady, I've been shook, shook, puppy, pussy, pay me, put the paper in my clutch. You been saying too much, you been saying too much. I like the collective aspect of Softboy Records as well. Like he seems really like him him and Luca Pam do seem like a duo almost at the moment. And then you also have the indie stylings of uh Kean Cabinet, who's also the DJ for Kojak as well. And Softboy Records, they also seem like they are proper DJs and they're also maybe a, a label a a clothes label as well like almost uh, uh plans for for fashion too like i really like that whole ambition that's there yeah like I, I, it's traditional in rap you know crews are 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 massive I mean, you know even mixing the kind of the clothing um aspect of it you know they're a little bit like dipset uh from out uh, of harlem uh, like get yeah, going a new sense that's on the list too so they that they those are six guys uh, who 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 I really really love. Um, who kind of have that that real collective um, attitudes, or you know, they they work together really really well. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. That's uh, and and not, you know the and it's what we see in rap is obviously kind of the cross collaboration stuff, as you mentioned, um, Nilo and and God knows working together uh, is always really exciting. But um, yeah, I, I I quite like New Sense. I I I've I've always found their stuff really really in- interesting. The music music are really really good, and they're really they're they're also interesting guys. Like they're 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 probably not there's almost no part on the planet that New Sense don't have some sort of origins in. Um, some of the guys there's some, there's Lutherist is from Brazil, and um, a couple of the guys are from South Africa, and then some of the other guys have been all over the place. Um, so they kind of they kind of bring a lot of different stories to their their music, and they're very young. Um, and they made the the in-house producer is his Siv, um, and he's just making these incredible like hushed like trancey beats that are really really great. And the guy's voices sound so good on them. Yeah, I I, I wrote about um, Luther's had a solo album out this year, um, which I wrote about, and I I really really liked. And I think it's really underrated. Um, yeah, especially like some, some of these guys um, put out these in, in great, great albums actually in the last couple of years uh, that don't always get enough attention and therefore don't get nominated for the Choice Music Prize. Why aren't they getting more attention? Like, is that an easy question to answer? Or is it just like like traditional media will always write about like the traditional sounds? Hmm, why yeah why so yeah that's a good question why do why do the kojaks and the and the mangoes um get f- features in like broadsheet newspapers oh, i'm saying that i wrote a new sense for the irish times so uh maybe that's a, a bad example uh but yeah it, it's hard to say it's really hard to say if what what picks up what 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 does pick up um because like a lot of these guys are are pushing you know they're 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 attempt- they're they are they do want their their music to be to be more broadly accepted i mean there's it's certainly not a gauge of quality i don't think um certainly when you look at you know some of the groups who are gonna or one particular group are playing the fucking tree arena um the group but, shall not be named is it? <laughs> you, i think you said you want to talk about that later but we, we, we maybe if you want to if, but, if you if you want to talk about them you can talk about them right now well before we talk about that yeah we, we were mentioning about 
not getting the the attention they deserved. And you did want to talk about drill as well. So the the Irish drill drill scene, which is just criminally under under represented in 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 podcasts like this even and um music blogs um music any sort of music coverage which is just it's it's crazy like there's there's these kind of strongholds like places like arclo that have uh, balbriggan you know there are these kids who are someone like as young as 15 15 up to about 19 who are making this this music that's uh, influenced by the original um Chicago drill stuff that came out kind of 2012 but now filtered through the London drill scene which has kind of uh hushed the sound a little bit but still quite stark and uh quite grim and like they make they make these videos uh most of these guys most of these guys don't want don't have their identity real they wear balaclavas things like that in videos I mean I, I interviewed one and um I asked him where he was from, and then, like he didn't want to tell me down to the county. <laughs> um, uh, th- that's how secretive he was. What, what, why are they secretive, though? Um, one of the things that's been presented is the idea that um, to be f- free, I suppose, w- w- hiding your identity makes you free to maybe dis- discuss or act in a certain way in videos, um, discuss certain things without re- rep repercussion from you know police when you see the the absolute demonization of 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 uk drill i suppose there there might be the influence of that i mean a lot of uk drill artists have probably hidden their identity just to protect themselves um from this just you know i say demonization of 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 them you know being blamed for 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 violence and 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 things like that so i think there's an element of that and then they're, they're picking up on that aesthetic as well but the, the thing is like we've, we've talked about some of these really big artists are big big ticket irish rap artists like mango Bruce and family if you look at like the views these these drill kids are getting on youtube um they i mean they're they, they're crushing every anything i mean we're we talking up to them if, if if half a million views at some point maybe over a million if they've teamed up with a pretty popular uk drill artist like i have a couple of theories of why this is i think one is like actually kids listen to music on youtube <laughs> um and also the fact that these guys have a sound that that travels to to there's a massive massive audience there in london um like i i have i have a brother in london he's um 16 and uh he he this that's his style of music that's what he listens to this, this is his generation of music so but the like i've written about these guys a couple of times um and like a, a guy like reggie not not to be confused with Reggie Snow, uh, just Reggie. Reggie with G's. Reggie with G's. Um, he's one of the guys now. He's just getting. He's letting allowing his photograph to be taken. He has a tr- more traditional companies publicizing him. Um, so which is which is great. I mean, I, but yeah, I mean, I I just think it just shows so much about how sometimes even music journalism and and we can be caught up in not so much of a bubble but we're, we're we're very reliant on finding out about new music in through connections and through d- these traditional ways and then there's these kids who don't give a shit about any of that and they don't like they they don't need any of that and they're completely bypassing us and they're making us look old and, and stale you know yeah i mean these artists are so young and uh like youtube wouldn't be my first uh port of call to listen to music or go to for music i feel like i'm i'm you know nowhere near qualified enough to even think about where to go for this music yeah it's such a trying to find it you, you really felt try, that was me when i when I, I wrote about i wrote a piece on on drill irish drill for district brilliant piece by um, the way brilliant oh, thank, piece. thank you <laughs> and yeah just trying to unearth some of these these guys was crazy like because they don't they don't really use email you know <laughs> i was trying to email like then the best way i was told to get them was like instagram messaging or snapchat messaging or something like that um, so I was there, completely out of my depth, um, trying to get in touch with these guys. And you're, they, they, it really feels like they, it's, it's, it's underground music. <laughs> it really feels like you're trying to go subterranean just to find this stuff. And I think as well, we, 
we you meant you kind of alluded to earlier there's almost these like a lot of micro scenes around the around the country and we can fall into the trap i think of covering things that are much more dublin centric and say these guys are in these really small um a lot, like a lot of it, a lot of kind of small communities of, of african immigrants as well i suppose where that are dotted around the country and this is the way of their expressing themselves um which is yeah um and the music is really really great and like when you're a teenager when you're 15 16 and you're making this music like there's there's just an immediacy to it uh just a rawness to it um but yeah i think it's i think it's gone i've written about it a couple of times but i I still think it's it's probably one of the most untold stories of, of over the decade well, one of the stories that's probably been most told, and um, maybe we won't dwell on it too much, is Versatile, who we're alluding to there. Like you've, <laughs> you've you've written about them as well, and you kind of didn't hold back too. Like they just, do you think that they're just kind of jumping on the rap bandwagon sort of thing? Like this is the biggest genre at the moment, but they've they've definitely connected with an audience. I mean, the idea of an Irish rapper or rap act playing the Three Arena, even like two years ago i think would have been mad i mean do you would you put rap rap act in um and parentheses and in quote marks air marks yeah well i think i kind of mentioned that piece that it's not like there's no musical talent behind it i mean some of the beats are really good and they don't they can't really rap but they 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 can write earworm choruses which help them a lot in in terms of like uh, attracting audiences to their shows um but it really it's it's comedy rap which is not my thing (laughs) but it's it's just it's 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 the offensiveness that i that uh, it's the offensiveness that offended me okay that's a bad sentence but um the big thing is that they they're the the, some of the racism and and, and misogyny in it is 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 too stark or or it, it, it it needs to be called out um and i think particularly in rap music which is um you know rap music is black culture it's not white culture it's black culture uh but that doesn't mean that white people can't participate and even white people can even add their own distinct styles and and you know do and add to the culture itself you know people like even in the last few years like little peep um but if so if, if you're going to be a white person participating in black culture you have to be respectful of <laughs> yes be respectful uh and these guys are are using it, and they're they're just deploying all the worst tropes, um, you know, putting in the most clear and like obvious racism, and you can't you can't excuse it away as satire because satire without a clear point is not it's not satire. You know, if you if you're just saying that it's satirical and you're just parroting racist attitudes, it's no better than just holding them yourself. So, yeah, I mean, like I I. I I wasn't super aware of a lot of this because I I I had listened to a little bit of it I, just as a music journalist you know you're you're inundated with music and a lot of the time it's what grabs you so I think I'd listened to like a little bit of a song and it's like that's this is this bollocks and so I just switched it off so I never I didn't get to hear too much of the of the lyrics until they started being circulated and it's just upsetting to know that this is the kind of this is this is like the it's almost like a cheat code like like if we if we do bad comedy rap with like a lot of terrible content in it um it's it's going to be like a fast track to success and yeah i and i and i mentioned the kind of the just the parroting of of racist attitudes but i think there's there was something in the fact that i i i i was on twitter teeing off in them a lot of a lot of people were um and one of the people who was was the singer erica cody who's really great um and she was the one who they chose to acknowledge i think they posted an instagram story of of her in the lifestyle sports ad that they were in or something like that so i thought thought it was so telling the fact that of all the people that that they decided that they said they could take all this abuse from but the one person they couldn't actually take abuse from about their treatment of black women was a black woman i thought that was very um it signified something something very odd and and you know disturbing about their mindset hopefully there's not going to be kind of copycat copycat artists of doing doing that thing hope but the amount of fans that they have i'm guessing there might be i think there might be more versatile 2.0s to come 
Yeah, look, and people need to check themselves before they go to this, these kind of gigs, and and realize that it's not it's not okay, even in the name of just cracking or whatever. It's not okay to to go to these shows and shout back these lyrics. Um, you know, you're, you're not it's it's you're not creating a a you know it's it's, it's very much like punching down. You're not you're you're not creating a a, a better atmosphere in in this nation for communities that are already um that are that already suffer from prejudice i mean you know you go through any any statistics any statistics on racism will tell you that that uh it's black irish people who suffer the most racism the worst racism um you know that's say this that's the uh, statistics just back that up so you're not doing anything to combat these problems but even even if you don't hold those attitudes in your in your heart by going and spreading these kind of putting out these attitudes into the world, so yeah, I think people really, really need to check themselves before they 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 go to these gigs or or enjoy this kind of music. I think that there is a space for comedy rap. Um, like I think TPM do a really really good job of it from Dundalk. Um, I, I've really enjoy what they've been doing over the last few years. So what other acts do you want to mention? I think that we've kind of gone through the list quite quite nicely. Um, but now we're kind of reaching the stage where it's like I'm I'm kind of out of my depth. <laughs> you know, so like there's a couple of names on here that I just haven't heard if you want to like um just school me on them. Yeah, I mean it's just name drop the problem with name dropping is you're gonna uh, that you end the more you try and more people you try and include, the more obvious the people you leave out. Um I would say like uh I I've 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 scrolled down LHK's name uh because he's one of my favourite Irish producers and he works with like really, really great rappers like Boy Wonder, um he's worked with Pat Lagoon, so I would say not only of his beats great, but his he he picks really great guys to collaborate with. So check him out. Um, I've got who've got written down here. Y Axis, Y Axis, who I think started off as kind of an electronic artist who has evolved into making these these kind of quirky electronic kind of rap songs. They remind me of Chance the Rapper pre <laughs> Coloring Book, um, which is cool. Celevita May, I mean she's she's got some she's a really she's she raps a lot but she's also got these great r&b songs these real kind of 90s r&b influenced songs i think that's everyone i've scrolled down here do i yeah what's interesting about all of these acts it seems like they're all got maybe like one album maybe two albums or a couple of mixtapes under their tapes they all seem like the best is yet to come i think that's really exciting for the decade ahead isn't it well, they're young. They're young. I mean, I'm look the old, the oldest guy probably here we're talking about is Nilo, and he's. Well, I think I'm pretty sure Nilo's younger than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like, and that's it. Kind of feeds back into what I was saying about how when when we when we first experienced this rise of of artists, um, it was interesting to talk about it as terms of an Irish surge and surge of musical inventiveness in Ireland. But now we're getting to a stage where the music is it's it's it itself stands alone and it's interesting to take on its own merit so yeah i mean like i say so I, I just named boy wonder there he, I mean, he has a these clutch of really really great songs that kind of remind me of of future stuff yeah yeah whoa whoa yeah yeah all these diamonds saying I'ma put my card up Hearing that boy sending shots just get me fired up I want a big body, I'ma get a bench truck The way I take your girl like magic be your friend shut Yeah, whoa, this shit my life, yeah I tell my jeweler, ice me out, don't care the price, yeah Already told you once, so I won't say it twice, yeah I'm a superstar, so bitch talk to me nice, yeah, yeah And I ain't cutting no more slack for these niggas, yeah with a shotty, throw it back, got me tripping, yeah, yeah. They gon' see me, they gon' dash through the distance, yeah. Well, I'm gon' pull up, get my bag, then I'm missing, yeah. You called your girl and she said she ain't coming through, yeah. She was at my house and she said I was making moves, yeah. Come through with Big Bro Nestle, 24 carat, like it's magic, yeah. You hit my line on some bullshit, you get static, yeah. Wait, I start paddocks, we let him have it. She causing havoc up on the mattress. I ain't no last year that I would ever be this big Now the way I'm winning everything these niggas think is real All these diamonds I'ma put my card up Hearing our boys sending shots just get me fired up I want a big body, I'ma get a bench truck The way I take your girl like magic, be your friend, sure Yeah, whoa, this shit my life, yeah 
Tell my jeweler, ice me out, don't care the price, yeah Already told you once, so I won't say it twice, yeah Whoa. I'm a superstar, so bitch, talk to me nice, yeah so yeah, I mean, so it's it's been it's been fantastic to 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 see these artists who came along and, and had had ambition and had potential, and now they're really really fulfilling the potential. I I, I forgot to mention like Tebby Rex. Tebby Rex had put out an album which was really um, I think showed their ambition. You know, it was a, it was a really good example of like real album making. As in, it it was a it was a project that felt cohesive and hung and hung together and had all their strengths on it. But like these things don't just come from nowhere, you know. This is like a lot of experience recording music, performing. Um, so yeah, I mean, as much as I think, as much as we sometimes like to talk about scenes, and that's always going to happen, you know. We still talk about we've, we've mentioned East Coast, West Coast, so South stuff, and that's just stuff that that's just an automatic experience, or automatic urge to group together. But yeah, for me now going into the next decade which is a nice way of wrapping up episodes uh the interesting thing will be is to see how these guys do do take it forward and and the guys and also you know these are these, a lot of this is pathfinding stuff um so we would talk you know the the idea of that of like a dublin sound coming through um the idea of like you know even like a wicklow sound coming through um these guys are are are, are writing these rules um of rules isn't the right isn't the right word, but you're right. You know, creating this blueprint, creating this outline, and it'll be interesting to see then the younger guys who's going to c- come up behind that. But it's all exciting, you know. So it's just it's 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 going to be fun. And so before we finish up, two two more things that we'll we'll talk about. Do you do you want a soapbox for um the crunk and bee uh, <laughs> uh, that you wanted to get out? I think you were talking about Sierra. I was re- I was reading an old Sierra review and it just had that expression, and then I saw you tweet, and uh, I was like. Oh, and you have to have me on to talk about Crunk and B. I'm the only person who can be trusted with this. Uh, but <laughs> I haven't investigated anymore. I think Sierra might be a, a one-woman Crunk and B star, a one-woman genre. She hasn't done much in lately, though, has she? I think Sierra still releases music. I think. Yeah, she does release music, but she hasn't. I don't. I don't know if she's released anything in 2019. Missing. We're missing some some 2019 Crunk and B from her. Maybe so. Maybe so. But you know, that's. Pretty good longevity, though. I mean, uh, she's got she, some great songs. Yeah, yeah. And she, when did she come along? Um, it feels really, really quaint now to think back of her emergence and how funny it was. And in Ireland, it was like, but her name is Kira. <laughs> you know, that, that feels like a long time ago. So Sierra Star has transformed that. You know, she is now Sierra, and nobody, nobody comments on 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 the uh, the alternative pronunciation of her name <laughs> i always wonder like i mean how big how big she is you know like uh, did it feel at the time that she was going to be like the next beyonce or something and something kind of stalled along the way Damn, i didn't really know we're actually going to talk about sierra okay <laughs> yeah no um when that sound was was massive in kind of 2004 um uh, the crunk thing little john uh you know the, the tunes they did with usher um yeah, the the, the yin yang twins, all this kind of stuff, but I think I actually think that was probably one of the worst eras ever for rap. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, I think it'll go down. Nas had an album around around that time called Hip Hop Is Dead. I think it'll go down as probably like the Hip Hop Is Dead era, um, where uh, yeah, the, uh, there were some good singles, um, but then and there was obviously some good underground stuff with like doom and all that who have mentioned a couple of times but i think kendrick came along then and said okay that's the end of all that we're going to go back to you know we're going back to going to lyricism we're going to go back to jazz sounds and uh yeah it was kind of it was a bit like when when dr dre came along and said uh yeah we're not going to do any more um <laughs> Oh, Sir Mix-a-Lots and all that thing. That's that stuff is over now. This is what we're doing. So I think I think a lot of music got got swallowed up. But um, I know, but, but they there was some great singles. And Sierra was Sierra was. Uh, I mean, her first couple of albums are are still are still bangers. Cool. And uh, I was looking for. I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll drop a football reference um, during the conversation. You mentioned Reggie Snow wearing a Liverpool jersey in one of his videos. That's good enough for me as a, as a segue into you as a Liverpool fan. Do you think this is finally the year twenty twenty? They're going to win the league. There's a few weeks before this goes out, so I'm not saying anything. I, think I just want you to our, jinx it. Our, our form could totally collapse. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to say I think we're going to win it this year. I, 
I never really thought I uh, even when we had a good lead last season I never really fully believed because I always felt City were a better team than us and when we lost the game at at the Etihad the only fucking game we lost all season in the league uh, I, I text my friend afterwards and I said this was in January I think I said I think we've blown it and they're like come on like long way to go but I just felt that now I didn't expect us to go on like an unbelievable run and finish on 97 points which of course we should have should have won us the league well would have won us the league pretty much every other season except for the season before against when fucking City set a record but this season I, I think like we're a better team now I think like the Champions League win has put us on a new level of belief um and I think I think we're right at the peak of our project, whereas it feels like I know City have had some injuries, which is big for them. But it just feels like they're just kind of coming on the way down, you know. Like they're they're, they're like company is gone, you know. Like oh, they've got a lot of their best players now are, are are getting on Silva and Fernandinho and um, Aguero. So yeah, I just feel like it was there was a one point difference last season, and I just feel like that's easily flipped now i also will say that last season i do think that if if liverpool had gotten knocked out of the champions league early and city had gotten to the final then we would have won it that would have flipped that point as well but yeah look by the time this goes out we could have lost three on the bounce so 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 uh we'll see we'll see with it's for, for context we just beat city last week by the way so so if my optimism seems strange <laughs> well like one of the things that i always remember uh about i think it's roy in roy Keane's, um second autobiography he always talks about uh dwight york after manchester united won the treble in uh 99 that like he just had that smile and he didn't have that winning desire anymore because he had won it all and it's so hard to do and i feel that might be where city are at at the moment they've had so much success and all of the players like they only brought in one or two players over the summer and it feels like it wasn't maybe uh changed enough and you see that across the whole sports world and i just feel like yeah it's flipped this season i mean liverpool are still unbeaten as we're talking aren't they yeah yeah no, no one has mentioned in an the, invincible season in the league yeah and i admire and as a corkman i admire your uh getting roy Keane in and on the podcast as, as i'm sure you do on every episode <laughs> um yeah no uh, i agree i think that that's one of the things as well like you, when when you win this as relentlessly as them you can't possibly go out with the same desire can you but then you know you're saying that are you maybe juventus and teams like that abroad are just so much better that they can win it every season but uh, liverpool we're, we're uh, really really great team at the moment and yeah i just think there's a there just seems like a desire and a belief in this in this team but then like it's such fine margins i mean I, it's not ideal if we keep we keep scoring late winners you know <laughs> which is great if you i think if you pull it out maybe one in seven games but you'd only be doing that every game um but yeah i mean it's it's, it's been great to get those points but uh yeah, I just, I just feel like, I feel like, I feel, yeah, this, this team is ready to do it. But in saying that, like, we were ready to do it last season. Ninety-seven points is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, last season, the fact that we won the Champions League, it, it kind of colored the league campaign more as a, as more of a kind of a, a heroic failure. Whereas if we'd end up with nothing, I, oh man, I would have had to stop watching football after after the season we had. We barely lost a game last season. Um, but it looks like it still hurts. But look, I think you're going <laughs> to do it this year. Listen, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it against us to win the Champions League again this season as well. I think we're one of the favourites. Aim for the double. Aim for the treble. Uh, oh, oh God! Well, the treble. Um, I don't know. We should see the teams we're going to put out in the cups. So, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Well, listen. Thanks for, um, thanks for all the chats about the wrap and uh, indulging me with some uh, crunk and bean football chat there at the end. What a wild, uh, weird. <laughs> yes, it's what a shame that everyone's tuned out by now and they're, they're not hearing this outro. <laughs> well, thanks, Mill. Thanks, Mill. Thank you. It's a pleasure.